Well, thank you, sister. We have, as I was reading this passage in preparation, a curious statement came up to my mind as I was reading it. I saw that you are fallen from grace. And that made me ask myself, can you really fall from grace? I think we need to clarify what Paul is talking about here. Because he's not talking about losing one's salvation. I don't believe that's what he's talking about here. I don't think you can fall so that you lose your salvation. I know I've preached it from the pulpit before, and I'll continue preaching it, that you cannot lose your salvation. And I thought, well, if we're going to talk about falling from grace, first thing we need to talk about is can you lose your salvation? Because I don't want to have anyone thinking that that's what I'm talking about. And the reason I don't believe you can fall from God's salvation is because the Bible tells us, if we look at last week's passage, right? That we're adopted into the family. You know the wonderful thing about God's love? Is there is nothing you can do to make him love you any less. No matter how much you mess up, he's going to love you. But that also means there's nothing you can do to make him love you anymore. Because he loves you. And if you are adopted into his family, if there's nothing you can do to make him love you any less, nothing you can do to make him love you any more, and you're adopted in his family, then there's nothing you can do to make him unadopt you. And when we become part of God's family... See, in the world that this was written at, it wasn't just something like, oh, I'm going to accept Jesus and it means I go to church on Sundays. Even though that's how some of us treat Jesus, right? I'm a Christian because I go to church on Sundays. That's not what it was about. See, in the world of Jesus' time, if you were going to become a Christian, it means you were going to change your cultural identity. You were the the religious philosophical world was so intertwined into your physical activities and being that there was no way of separating it. You were going to become a Christian. You were going to change your cultural identity. See, when the Holy Spirit comes and lives within us, we become so entangled in, it becomes so part of our life that we can't separate the two. And so we rely on God. And so we can't unsave ourselves because it's part of the very essence of who we are. And if you've unsaved yourself, that means you were probably just that friend that hung out at the house, but wasn't part of the family. 
How many of you guys had those people growing up, right? They hung out and then for a while and then they left or you, maybe you were that person. You hung out of their house so much you thought that you were part of the family, but you really weren't part of the family. They may have even treated you like part of the family. Now you could be that person and walk away. But once you're part of the family, you can't unadopt yourself. And I've known people that go to church, and they go to church, and they go to church, but they've never made him part of their life. He's not believe in him. And they said, they said, I believe that he's something I should be putting my effort in, but he's not, they're not believing him with their, their, their loving him with, with the, the, the nephesh. That thing that makes you you. Because once you do that, there's no separating it. And so, and I have verses to back me up. Uh, let's go through some verses. I'll make this quick. John 6, 39 through 40. This is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose none of those he has given me but should rise them up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in Him will have eternal life, and I will raise Him up on the last day. John 10, 27, 28. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I have given them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hands. John 17, 12, while I was with them, I was protecting them by your name, and you gave them to me. I guarded them, and not one of them is lost, except the son of destruction, so that the scriptures may be fulfilled. Ephesians 1, 13 through 14, in him you were also sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, that when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, you were, you, when you believed, the Holy Spirit is down payment of your inheritance until the redemption of the possession in the, to the praise of his glory. 1 Peter 1, 5, you are being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. I think that's enough. And I could keep going. So when I read this passage and I say, fall from God's grace, I'm not saying that we're falling from grace in the fact that we lose our salvation. So it's something else. In this passage, God, he said, Paul is saying, I'm, he's talking about moving away from God's grace. He says, in Galatians 5.1, For freedom, Christ set us free. Stand firm and don't submit to the, slake of yoke, the, the yoke of slavery. He's saying, you, he freed you. Freed you, so don't move back to that slavery. Christ, he says in, in, in two, verse 2, take note, I, Paul, am telling you that if you get yourself circumcised, Christ will not benefit you at all. Again, I test every man who is, gets himself circumcised, he is obligated to the entire law. You are trying to be justified by the law and alienating Christ, you have fallen from grace. So what he's saying there is 
Stop going back to the law and try to do it yourself. Rely on God's grace. So when he says falling from grace, he's talking about moving away from that promise of grace and turning to legalism. That's what the book of Galatians is all. Remember, he's talking to a bunch of the church of Galatia, which he helped establish. And Paul had preached God's salvation through grace. And then people came up behind him and started preaching. They were Judaizers. They started preaching that you had to become a Jew first and follow the law, and then you could be a Christian. But if you didn't become a Jew first, you couldn't become a Christian. And Paul is saying, stop listening to that. Rely on God's grace. You cannot do it on your own. You cannot... There's only one person in the Bible that followed the law of Moses every word. And that was Jesus. Thousands of years before that, and only one person, the Son of God, God came became flesh to do it. We cannot do it. If we could, Jesus wouldn't have been necessary. You cannot do it on your own. We have to rely on God's grace. And we are justified. We're trying to be justified by the law. He says, but you've been alienated. And I love what it says in verse 6. I'll start in verse 5. So eagerly await through the Holy Spirit by faith... The hope of righteousness, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcised or uncircumcised accomplishes anything. What matters is faith working through love. All that doesn't matter. All that legalism doesn't matter. What matters is your faith working itself through love. That's God's love. And that's, that's why he'll go on in the passage to quote Jesus, right? When he says, what's the most important commandment? Jesus says, he says, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And that's, and, then he, and he says, and it's because of this love, because of this, we've been called to freedom. It's through God's love we've been called to freedom. And sometimes we think, well, what is freedom? I don't know how many of you guys uh, went through a phase where you thought anarchy might be the phase. The, you thought anarchy might be the answer, right? And just, I don't like them laws, so I'm going to do... But usually what happens when we go to anarchy is we, we love ourselves pretty good. And we do what's right for our old selfish ways. And he says, that's not freedom, that's actually enslavement because you're enslaving others to your will because if you're an anarchist saying I want what's only best for me then I'm enslaving someone else to my will 
So what's he say? He says, freedom is found in love. Freedom is found in love. It looks at our neighbor and says, I want what's best for them. Love cultivates it moves people away from that path of destruction to that path of life. It wants, I want what's best for others. But what's happening here is the same thing that happens to a lot of us. We get caught up in legalism. And legalism destroys. Love lifts up and creates, guards, protects, cultivates. That's a good word, gardening term. Cultivates. Legalism destroys. Love encourages, strengthens. Legalism tears down. And legalism hides itself. Sometimes legalism is flat out we look at people that don't know Jesus and say, you need to be like this. How destruction that is. Stop behaving like that because you're going to hell. Well, they couldn't get themselves into hell anyways. They need Jesus to do that. Even if they stop behaving like that, they still need Jesus. It's not about legalism. Legalism shows itself. And, well, if you wear your hat in church... You're going. Legalism says you need to read your Bible every day, and if you don't, but it hides itself too. Legalism can hide itself too, can hide itself in checklists. Now, I'm not saying checklists can be bad, I use them myself. I'm going to make sure I get what needs to be done at work today. But we have checklists for other parts of our lives, too, like Bible study, check. I don't actually want to spend time with God, but I checked it off my wish list. I mean, my, my, my to-do list. I went to church. I don't actually want to be around people and definitely don't want to be spending time with God, but check, I went. Can you imagine if you went to spend time with a friend of yours and they said, and you said, yeah, I had to. It was on my checklist. You think they'd look at you like you're a friend? And that's what legalism does. Well, I spent time with God today because it was on my checklist. Well, that doesn't sound very much like a, a, a loving relationship, does it? Tell you what, those who are married, try that with your spouse and see if it works very well. <laughs> okay, don't try that. It's a bad idea. Only reason I spent time with you is because it was on my checklist. I prayed today, check. I'm not saying putting, setting aside a time for you say, well, this is my God time. I've got time to spend with God right now. This is, this is my time. It's on my calendar. But it's about our why we do it, right? 
If we're doing it because it's our checklism, that's legalism. That's hidden legalism. If we're trying to force people to behave a certain way, that's legalism. If we're saying, I have to behave a certain way, that's legalism. Because it's not about how you behave. It's about God's grace. Now, His grace will show itself through your faith into works and to behaviors. But it doesn't start with your behavior. You know, I had a friend who never did accept Christ. And why did he accept Christ? Because he couldn't get it through his head that it wasn't about how he behaved. So he grew up in a Catholic home. And I'm not saying all Catholic churches are this way, but the Catholic church that he went to was about being good. And he was, and that was the church he, that his mother went to. It was about being good. And so when he says... I can't accept Christ because I can't be good enough and I don't want to follow all those rules. See, that was a legalistic mindset. I can't accept Christ because I can't follow. No one can follow all those rules. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's not about that. It's just about accepting grace and then God will transform us. In his love and his grace, he moves us away from the path that leads to destruction into a path of life. And so when you say follow, these people were falling from grace, it's because they had fallen from the reliance on God's grace. So I, we have to grab hold of God's grace. And we love because we were first loved. And we show grace to others because we were shown grace. And we forgive because we were forgiven. Now, don't hear me wrong. If someone's hurting you and they're not repenting, and I don't mean saying I'm sorry, I mean repentance. That means to change your ways. If they're not changing their ways and they just keep saying, I'm sorry, you might need to cut them out of your life. That's not what I'm saying. Because they're just going to keep hurting until they're at a point where they can change themselves. You can't change them. No matter how much you want to, you cannot change anybody. Only person you can change is yourself. And you can't really even do that without God's grace. So don't hear me say we forgive and just let people, because that's not what God does. He calls us to repentance. But we forgive because we were forgiven. We show grace because we were given grace. We show love because we are loved. And we, show, we live, do that in freedom to love others. We bless others because we are Bless. And so I think in this passion, I think, well, what's the next steps? What comes out of that next? We've got to have those next steps, right? If we just listen to this, we might as well just read, you know, listen to the TED Talk. What's that next? We've got to apply things to our lives. We, gotta, we, we listen to sermons. We read the Bible, not for information, but for devotion, 
So how do we apply this to our lives? I think the first thing we ask ourselves is, have I been caught up in legalism? Have I been caught up into that legalistic mindset? Where I'm demanding myself, I'm demanding others, follow a certain rule. So that they may be saved, or they may be, I'm going to put in air quotes, Christian. The Bible is going to go ahead and tell us what it means to be a Christian and how we're going to know them. We're going to spend nine weeks on it. That's next. That's, that's coming up next ten weeks. That's going to tell us about it. You cannot follow enough rules to be the Christian. You can go to church and just be that friend who comes all the time and not be a follower, devoted person of Christ. Have you gotten caught up in legalism? Is your Bible study a checklist? Is your prayer time a to-do? God, I need to do this today and this today and that today. That's a good sign that it's just a a checklist today. He's the top God at the beginning and end of your checklist. But then we ask, I am free to love because of God's grace. Am I showing God's grace to those around me. His love, His mercy. Am I showing God's grace? Am I been free to love? Or am I still tied? Am I still tied to that old way? Thinking I can do it myself, that old selfishness. You know, because that's really a selfish behavior to think that you could do it all on your own, isn't it? You are not Rambo, you are not Commando. She man, she ra, or he man. You can't do it on your own. You need God's grace. And as we have God's grace in us, are we showing it to those around us? Are we free to love? And so that's our next steps today. Am I free to love? Am I loving those around me? And maybe your next step today is that I need to accept Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, for the first time. Because I need his love in me. I, I, maybe I've made it. It was part of my life. I was going to a house all the time, but I want him to adopt me. I need to, it needs to be so part of me that it's, I'm loving him with my nephesh. Maybe your next step is to say, you know what? I have been a bigot. I've been judgmental. 
I've been hateful because I've been forcing legalism on other people. Maybe that's where your next step is. I need to stop that behavior. I need to take those steps. Maybe I need to apologize. Maybe that next step is I need to tell someone about Christ because I love them. I need to show them the grace and mercy of Christ. Father God, I praise you today, Lord. I pray that you just lift us up. That, Lord, you fill us with your grace, your mercy, your love, and that it flows, overflows in us into the world around us. Lord, that we... We are so full of your love that it just flows through us. Lord, if we got anger and bitterness and hate that's blocking your love, I pray that you just remove that obstacle. That we may be free to love. Help us to, f- to be free of that. This is how we're supposed to behave. This is how we, we just want to be in you and behave according to the Holy Spirit. Showing our faith in love. Lord, guide us off the path of destruction into the path of your life as we cultivate your love in us and around us. In Jesus' name we pray.